When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Here we are again for Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joshua. Were you going to do like an echo just now? I was going to do Fright School, Fright School, Fright School. I like that a nice little echoing effect. Some reverb. Yes. Some reverb. I love a reverb. <laughs> I love a reverb. Me, me too. How you doing, Joe? Good. Good. Ah, well, here we are in our like um, final vampire movie that yes. we're doing, talking about Byzantium today from 2012. But first, uh, what else is going on? What, did you, what have you been up to? Oh, you know, just living, laughing, loving. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like I mean, that. At at any point, I've done one of the three things. So, so this episode will be released after you return from Guam. Yes. So how was your trip? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is what is it? These are the voices of the past talking right. about the future. Always, always. Um, Our, that's like we need a shirt. Or I'm sure it was great. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure, sure it was, it was great. <laughs> It's like always trying to like pretend, um, you know, that this that, that we're recording these just just moments before they air. Moments you before, know? you know. <laughs> um, I did want. You know, mention- Michelle, we're going to bring out our guests soon, right? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Producer Man, um, I just finished listening to this really cool podcast that I wanted to bring up. Oh, bring it up. We haven't, yeah, we haven't talked bring about... Bring it up. Uh, we need the competition. Bring it up. <laughs> well, we haven't really been talking too much about like podcasts we've been listening to, but I just finished this new one um, called Uncover Escaping Nexium from CBC Podcasts. Okay. It's so interesting. It's with this guy, CBC documentary, bleh, documentarian Josh Block um, investigating Nexium, that self-help like group Founded by Keith Rainier, that had um, Allison Mack from Smallville. Allison Mack, yes, uh huh, from Smallville, uh huh. She yeah. played the friend. Yeah, have you been following that whole like no Nexium? What thing? is Nexium? It sounds like Lexapro. Uh, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. No more needs to be said. Is that a read? <laughs> No, so I can't believe that you haven't seen this in the news. So, like, so Nexium was this like, uh, it's like a multi level, uh, multi level. I'm having a hard time uh, speaking. Uh, multi le- horror Sherpa, right? Horror Sherpa, multi level marketing 
system for like classes to like better yourself. Oh, it's like Herbalife, like <laughs> kind of. But you take all these like classes to multi level marketing is basically a nice way of saying like a Ponzi scheme, like a like a pyramid scheme. Oh, a pyramid you scheme. Know? Okay. But they get out, they get away with that because people actually get something out of it. Like if you if if there's a product involved, mm-hmm. then you know, like you can't really say it's a exactly a pyramid scheme because pyramid schemes usually just money keeps getting involved and there's not a re, like quote unquote real yeah. thing, you know. So things like you know Dutera oils mm-hmm. or Avon or I mean I'm just yeah, yeah. Just no true as an example. Yeah. I mean I have those oils, but I'm just yeah. saying as an example because there's actually a product involved, you know. And this one it's classes that. It's somehow you're bettering like yourself. It's called the Executive Success Programs, mm. ESP. And so, oh, they got ESP. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. They or they think they do. Like the guy who runs it thinks he's you know some new incarnation of God. Um, but so anyway, so it was this like you know organization that's been around. I, I don't know for I don't know how long. Um, oh, ninety eight. And so it's like all about self improvement. And um, so Rainier, the the guy who started it, Keith Rainier, said the main emphasis is to have people experience more joy in their lives, mm. and that one of the ways of doing that is realizing that all of your reactions are the problem. So if somebody, <laughs> <laughs> so if somebody does some kind of bullshit to you, um, you recognizing it as bullshit is the problem. You know, you have to deal with whatever it is in you in order to see that, like, that's their problem, but your problem is, like, being affected by. Yeah, I know. It's, like... That sounds... I can't even. Yeah, it's all about that. It's, like, so, like, you know, when they would have, like, arguments or whatever, it's, like, well, you know, I'm not being a demanding boss. Like, that's just how you're interpreting it. Even though I'm like running you into the ground and oh, like so their their strategy is gaslighting, right? Basically, yes, yes. yeah, 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 kind of exactly. Um, you know, the the Kabbalah thing was kind of like that too, where mm-hmm. it was like all about destroying ego, at mm-hmm. least like not the actual like ancient practice of Kabbalah, but like sort of what Madonna's. Michael Berg's, yeah, and all the the celebrity yeah. version that gets all wrapped up. It's about d- the destruction of the ego. So understanding that other people's like pain is just a reflection of like ego, and the more you destroy that, the more you. Except people are, it's just whatever. But anyways, so that's kind of what it's been about. And um, so, but it recently came into the news because these women like escaped it and talked about being branded with like Keith's initials, KR, and then AM for Allison Mack. So they had like cram, like written (laughs) low on their, like their pelvic regions with a laser pen. Oh. Like burn like a laser cauterizing oh. thing. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and then so now it's being accused of being this like big tr- sex trafficking organization and all this stuff. And like the chick from Smallville is like all involved in it. She tried to get the other one too, Kristen Crook. Oh no, yeah, they, they tried to like uh, get her in. So anyway, so the the podcast is this. 
one of the the women on it uh, that was in it, she was like a top-ranking official, Sarah Edmondson. She was like high-level, making tons of money, and and that's kind of the thing. So when you get other people to join, and they and they thousands, thousands and thousands of dollars. Like she said, like the first year she was there, I think she spent like over a hundred thousand dollars on classes. Wow. Um, and being a teacher, you know, and you go out and you try to get other people, and you try to teach other people this like new method to mm-hmm. enlightenment, basically. And so, and that's how you make money. So you get people to join, they spend $3,000 on the first class and they like, you know, talk you into it. It's a whole thing like, you know, well, think of all the ways, like what if you got really sick right now and needed a surgery? How would you come up with the money for that? Let's do that. (laughs) You know, let's borrow it. Do whatever you have to do because once you do these classes, then you'll learn how to make even more money and it won't matter. You know, so it's it's that kind uh of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's this laddering. And so she did that. She spent all this money, you know, got people to join, started making money, moving, moving up, moving up, moving up. And then she was asked to join like this secret women's group called DOS, um, which is, it's some sort of, um, it's like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Latin. It's like Latin mm-hmm. letters, but it's like a sisterhood kind of thing about masters and slaves. And then they get branded. And that's like what, so that's what came out. So the whole thing has been sort of unraveling in the media. So he's in prison. I'm not sure if Allison Mack, I think she made her bail, so she's on, like, house arrest. Wow. Um, she probably, most likely, I'm going to imagine, will flip for the prosecution. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, but so they've had this this podcast going that, like, follows Sarah Edmondson, who left, and, like, her whole journey. And it's, like, Scientology crazy. Like, because they make them give, like, she had to take, like, pictures of herself, or some of them had to take pictures of themselves in compromising positions to give us collateral, should they ever decide to leave, that, so they could be blackmailed. Um, she had to, like, reveal secrets about herself. Mm-hmm. Um to be used in this, this quote-unquote collateral, you know, to stay in the group and to stay, to be like, now you don't, you you have a reason to meet all your goals, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's really It's intense. called what? Um, so the show is called Uncover, um, Escaping Nexium, but Nexium is written, it's like N-X-I-V-M. Hmm. Yeah, I'm surprised that you haven't seen it, this, especially as much as entertainment news as you take in. You know, I, I I would expect that you probably would have heard of that. So cool, great! I'm, I'm oh. spreading, you know. The <laughs> oh. But I highly recommend it. It was very cool. Like the very first episode is called the branding, so they jump right into that. The whole ceremony of it. She explains, you know, how how the branding happens, and then kind of the the breakdown that from there of like how okay how she got out of the group, and it's yeah, it's intense. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I just finished that. It was really good. So I'm recommending other people listen to it if they like mm. that. Okay. Um, I'm I'm hooked on season three of Serial. I right was now. just about to start talking about Serial. So oh. I like this. We're just having a little podcast catch up. Yes, podcast um, catch up. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it too. You know, I mean, I still I do really miss like the first season. Nothing is ever going to be like that again. Probably, you know, in, at least for them. Um, which, I mean, maybe is a good thing, you know. I mean, I don't want more murder cases or anything like that, but there's, you know, plenty to investigate. Yeah. So I definitely miss that, but I, I'm loving, I'm really liking it. I'm what really liking, liking it, too. I, I'm liking it, it because it's just like, well, this kind of confirms everything that I already kind of knew or mm-hmm. at least thought was known. Um, but, you know, it just, it's adding just, there's a depth to it. And Sarah Koenig is just very thorough, and she's, 
you know, she has this really great way of just of of writing and her her you know her voiceover and yeah, you know, all of I her love narration. Her voice. Um, you're from Ohio, so mm-hmm. I just I don't know how makes how this makes you feel because they're in Cleveland, but I don't know I don't know if you lived near there or no. Cleveland was a few hours away. I mean, it, they definitely mentioned so because some of the cases and some of the things happening are happening in other parts of Ohio that I am familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, listening to it, it does rem- like some of the, the way people talk remind mm-hmm. me of being, you know, in Ohio, remind me of home. So, oh, my gosh, Hemlock is singing. I know. <laughs> singing out there. Um, but, uh, yeah, this last episode was very, very interesting. So I'm curious what's going to happen next with that whole like the yeah. dev- um, how, what was his name? Um, uh, Davon. Or- yeah, Davon. That's it. And that like the whole thing of him getting. Going to like jail and for thinking a year. It was him and yeah, yeah. I was like, what is what is happening? It was all twisty. Uh, yeah, what, what happens when the right evidence points to the wrong man? Mm-hmm. But I love their little yeah teaser. <laughs> exactly <laughs> their descriptions. Yeah, it's going very well. I, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, more mm-hmm. than I thought I would, and much better than last season. Yeah, yeah, I know. And we've kind of ragged on that a, a few times, you know, because I'm sure there's some people out there that probably are like, "I love season two, it was so good," you know. But they're wrong. They're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but those people are wrong. Those people are wrong. I know two things, Joshua. In this world, one, we must expect other people's opinions, and two, those people are wrong. <laughs> Let's put that. That should be the poll. <laughs> That's the poll quote. That's yes. the poll quote. Not that we do poll quotes, but yes. um, if we got, if we did more fancy, fancy pants editing. Yeah. Oh, is that um, a read? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm read. I'm reading us. You know. No, I don't have time for that. I was like, <laughs> you're just like uh, Joe. I'm the talent, and you're the labor. No, <laughs> not at all. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm kidding. I'm true. totally kidding. Not the talent part. You're yes. very talented, but you're definitely the labor. Yes. Again, everybody. Joe. Everything you're hearing is because of Joe. Because uh, he knows the computer. I don't. I don't know the computer thing. I don't know what buttons the buttons to push. Watching, I don't, get it. I don't understand. It's hilarious that you're saying that because, like, you, you're because I've seen like we. I can see you when we're recording, and you have like stuff pulled up on your laptop. And well, I mean, I have. Know? I can. I know how to like look things up, but I can't edit or put stuff in. You're like, oh, oh, I'm gonna yeah. drop in the. I'm gonna drop in a little. Uh, I'm gonna drop in a little thing here. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know what that means. Yes, yeah, so it's like I'm gonna airdrop it. I'm gonna just drop it like Tetris. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I don't do all that. I don't do the editing. Well, see, I'm just. I, sometimes I'm just like I just show up and edit, and <laughs> you, you are the one who like. We're watching this movie, and yeah. this is why we're, we're talking about this. And I'm like, great, I love it. Just show, just it's point perfect. me in See? the direction. Yeah, we got it. We got a we got a system here. Uh, anyways, any other great, good, wonderful podcasts you're listening to? Um, oh my gosh. Well, let's see. I mean, I just feel like I should every time I have the opportunity, I should just mention all of the shows that I love to listen to. Um, I do. I am really loving. Um, I am also really loving Pop Rocket, which I've mentioned a couple times. Oh, yeah. um, I do love Las Culturistas. And we have to mention uh, our lovely, fabulous, uh, hopefully we get him on as a guest sometime, Michael Verratti and his Dead for Filth. Yeah. 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 He is so cool. And he he posts such great stuff and yeah. really has some excellent conversations about horror, and in particular, the queerness of horror. So, yes. you know. Yeah, exactly. But that's all I got, Joshua. 
All righty. Well, then, uh, speaking of, we could, we'll, take, we'll take a little break here from a friend uh, or friends, and then we'll be back to discuss uh, Byzantium. I'm from New Jersey and I'm proud about it. I love the Hey, everybody. What's up? I'm here, too. We are the Jersey Ghouls, a horror podcast based out of the Garden State. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Marissa's scholarly conversations. By the way, if you Google psycho female, you definitely don't get the name of the actress from Psycho. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Nate's thrilling debate. Why? Why are you so resistant against because it? Because don't, don't you start. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Jackie's love of 80s slasher movie, Topless Seat. Whoa, Jackie, this is a feminist podcast. I know. I'm a woman. And as a woman... I appreciate a nice set of jugs. Okay, but you shouldn't call them jugs. Hooters? Bazungas? Tatas? Dirty uh, pillows? I, I like boobs, too. Can, can I call them fun bags? No! We're the Jersey Ghouls. You can find us on social media by searching Jersey Ghouls on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also find our blog and podcast on our website, jerseyghouls.com. Here we are, back, hearing from the lovely Jersey Ghouls. We're pumping them up. Uh, pumping them up. We, we enjoy them. So uh, thank you, ladies, for sending that awesome. Yes. Ladies, gentlemen, everybody ladies, over there. Gentlemen. All the ghouls. Yes. Uh, <laughs> thank you for sending a fun little little clip so we can promote. We like that. Yes. Our tens of listeners can now be your tens of listeners. Yes, yes. All right. So... <laughs> <laughs> Today, that was a read. Um, <laughs> today, uh, we are discussing 2012 uh, film directed by Neil Jordan, who also brought us Interview with the Vampire. Oh. Yes, right. Uh, Byzantium, uh, interesting little vampire movie. Uh, we've been, that's sort of been the theme of the last few episodes with uh, Let the Right One In um, and The Hunger and, and Byzantium. They're... Not you know they're nothing like Thirty Days a Night and they're nothing like the Lost Boys, uh, mm-hmm. but I think that these three the, they have a lot more in common than you know differences they have with those films. Uh, but I I really enjoyed this movie. I wanted to uh, just to share it with you, Joe. Mm-hmm. So initial thoughts. Um, beautiful. Loved this film. Loved it a lot. Um, slow burn. Like yeah. it takes a little bit to get to get things going and you know it's it's disorienting cuz you don't know where you're quite going yet and you see this like you know you, you don't know where you're quite going yet but it is it is a really good film. Um I enjoyed myself a lot. And this good. is a kind of film to you to borrow, you know, something you say all the time is this is a kind of film that you could have on in the background and you know, on a rainy day, because it takes place, you know, in England, and it's, you know, has already a lot of, like, overcast scene, <laughs> scenery about it. So, but yeah, I thought it was really great. Good. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's a, it's a good film. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad, because I really, you know, I remember seeing it when it, like, first came out, and just thinking, wow, what is... What an interesting movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and really being... Um, Taken by it. I thought it was a very interesting um, take on vampirism, you mm-hmm. know, with the borrowing from like Caribbean folklore with the Sucreant, but the Sucreant, 
creature that they you know mm-hmm. use as their as their mythology. Something I'd never like seen before. I'd never seen like the nail. I thought that was kind of cool. You know mm-hmm. how they use instead they don't have fangs. They have these nails that kind of grow out and they jab each other or jab you know their yeah. their prey. Um, you know the. The whole traveling to like the cave. I, I just like the whole, yeah. you know, it was just very, very interesting. And you have I like, to really want to be a vampire. Yeah. yeah. And I, I thought that was interesting where it's like, it's not something that's going to happen to you, you know, accidentally, yeah. you know, or by a blood transfusion or a bite, you mm-hmm. know, you, or you like have to go. Or you in the ground. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You need to seek it out. So I just, I, I thought in, in examining all the different types of vampires that we've you know, looked at over, over the last few episodes, I thought this was, you know, something radically different, mm-hmm. you know, um, and the story is very interesting with, you know, uh, Clara and Eleanor, like mother and daughter, even mm-hmm. though like you get, you think they're sisters yeah. and then how they tell the story in pieces and sort of backwards. I just, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I enjoyed it too. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's interesting that whole that whole process of how you become a vampire. Like it mm-hmm. it makes it just it's one of those things where it's like it, you you know it, it, we've we've seen a lot in uh, in vampire like media and content that sometimes there's like a council that oversees yeah. the, that oversees them. And so in this you have the brethren yeah. and the interesting thing about it is that everyone came from the same place and you know exactly where they came from because they all had to go through the same stuff. Right. Like, to go yeah. through that, that yeah. shrine and everything. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, the, the waterfall of blood and yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah, which is such a great image with yeah. all, like, the birds flying around. Then as all the water's pouring down, then it becomes red, you yeah. know, once they meet the, um, the nameless saint, mm-hmm. you know, who's, like, you. Yeah. I, I just love the whole... Yeah, those scenes are so cool. You yeah, know? and it's just it's fascinating because it's fascinating because it's like it just makes the stakes that much more interesting because everyone came from that same place. Like anyone, any vampire you meet, you know, it's a shared experience as opposed yeah. to like where as opposed to other movies where um like in I just keep thinking of True Blood. Like True Blood, oh, you have yeah, your yeah. maker. Like uh, that you, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have. There's not like an alpha vampire that everyone can be traced back to. I mean, you know, theory. I mean, that's that's a trope also in Supernatural. But um, you have this like it. It makes it um, that much more special. Mm-hmm. And then you know, ideally, that's also what the brethren is trying to protect. The idea that it's mm-hmm. just. It's it's um, something that only certain men can have. Yeah, and see, and that's what I really think is fascinating about that. You know, because the the conversation that's happening there, because they're all. It's obviously it's obvious that they're all very wealthy. You know, they're they're men of you know noble birth. some sort of yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the character who kind of introduce you know how they're telling that story. Mm-hmm. Um, What's his name? Darvell. Um, yeah, uh, Sam Riley's character. Mm-hmm. Um, the one who's nice to her. The one with the pearl. The one that's nice to Clara. Yeah. Um, um, Gemma Arterton's character, the main, like the mother, <laughs> the mom vampire. The mother, Clara. Uh, and then Saoirse Ronan plays her daughter, Eleanor uh, Webb, who is, I, I mean, it is another movie where there's an ensemble, but mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it's really kind of searches the star of this movie. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, it's, it's really like kind of her story, but anyway, so 
when they come to talk to him, to Darvell, who is really sick, it's like they're choosing him because he's he's got so much property and so much wealth, and he's like a perfect candidate to to invite into this brotherhood. Invite into the brotherhood, yeah. But then when Clara gets in because she's like this lowly, common woman. Harlot. And then who, yeah, who's a prostitute, who was forced into prostitution by that awful... Oh, uh, yeah. Johnny Lee Miller's character. Oh, uh, yeah. Captain um, Ruthven. (sighs) Discuss his whole character. His whole thing where he like, (laughs) and then he rapes, you know, Eleanor. Yeah. And he's like, oh, now I've condemned you to death. Yeah, because he's like syphilis or something. Like he, he's yeah, getting, he is. He's yeah, syphilitic. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, God, he's so gross and awful and horrible. And I'm like, why are you choosing him to be a vampire? But then when you see he keeps looking, that's um, Darvell again. When he come, when he comes back, because they think he's dead, and then he comes mm-hmm. back, shows up to that, you know, um, to reclaim his property and everything. Mm-hmm. But he's like looking at Clara when he keeps talking about stuff. So it's like I feel like he is challenging her to. To figure it out. To take, yeah, 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 to join them. So anyway, so I I just, I like the tension there, you know, of, of they've decided this is something only for men. But she's obviously able to go and is transformed. Yeah. So women, anybody has access to it. Yeah. To the ability. Anyone with the knowledge has access yeah, to it, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so, it kind of hits you over the head a little bit with its symbolism, you know? Mm. This, the idea of, like, this knowledge is reserved for women, and then she or goes, for, men. for yeah. men, and then she goes, and, you know, she has the knowledge, and, you know, they, they let her be, like, you know, she is one of them, but never will fully be like on their council or anything. Yeah, yeah, and they don't want her to make. Exactly, anyone. you don't want her to make anybody. They, she can't bring anyone else to the island, but the only way she, you know, she saves her, she saves her daughter. Yeah. Um, you know, she saves her daughter because of what happened with that fucking awful captain. Yeah. But it's interesting because, like, I feel, you know, it goes back to the idea of like women and again, their autonomy over their bodies. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. she's forced into prostitution, but yeah. for it, you're, I think we're led to believe that like for the next, however many 200, 300 something years, like that's the only way that she really could make any of her money. Yeah. So I, this is another movie kind of like we discussed a little bit with the hunger of dealing with the practicality of, of, of being a vampire, mm-hmm. you know? So it's one thing for somebody who's very wealthy. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just, I'll stay on this track for a moment before I get myself uh, distracted. <laughs> so if all of these men are very wealthy and they have positions of power, you know, mm-hmm. and they're able to somehow find a way to translate that throughout the ages undetected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which would be probably pretty simple if you have that much money and that much power. Yeah. And the older you get and the more you're going through life, the more that grows. So yeah, they're yeah, yeah. probably in the modern day really, really wealthy mm-hmm. men with with access and, and, and an ability to really conceal their identities. Whereas she's born poor and then kept that way in the world she's living in, mm-hmm. no matter where she goes, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like there, yeah. like there's this, I, you know, this this concept that she can't really inherit wealth she doesn't have through the centuries, yeah. and that's all she really knows. And then her joining their group, they still keep her out. It's not like they've elevated her to the aristocracy with them. No, they're yeah. saying you can be a vampire, do whatever you want to do, stay out of our way, and don't procreate, leaving her in that same position. Yeah. So I think it does make sense, mm-hmm. you know, that she would just keep that trade, 
quote unquote, you know, um, because that is, you know, a very, I mean, that's an easy way. It's literally the oldest profession. Yeah. And if you're a vampire, you're probably not really all that worried about the dangers of it. So there, she is a little bit more, I think, I think it works within the context of the film because she's a vampire. Mm -hmm. It's, it is easy money to come by. She can move anywhere, be anywhere. She can be invisible in society, you know, because that, that's another practical thing about being a vampire. If you can't, if you can't, you can't really fully engage with society. You know yeah. how is she gonna have a bank account or a birth certificate or a social security card if she doesn't have millions of dollars to access, or not yeah. even millions, but some sort of wealth. Yeah, exactly. Does that? I mean, am I, it I totally sense? makes sense. Yeah, it's like the, just the practicality. It, it it's more. It's almost like it's more practical for her to be invisible and mm-hmm. on the brink of poverty. Well, and they're, tr- and they're hiding out too. That's the other thing. So yeah. if she is living out in the world openly, they're going to, f- cause that's the whole, con- the, the whole conceit of the film is that she made another vampire piss those guys off and they've been hunting them across the centuries. You know, yeah. they're trying to kill her and Eleanor, this brotherhood. Um, and so she's, that's a, a great way to stay in the shadows is just yeah, to, sure. you know, make what cash she can and go, you know, I'm sure there's other things they've done throughout time. Mm-hmm. It's just in the modern day, like, Hey, here we are. I'll start another brothel. Like yeah, that's her whole I'll thing. go back to my old ways and, yeah. you know, we'll I'll keep you out of it. But this yeah. is the thing. Cause she's not even doing, she's not doing prostitution in the beginning of the film. She's dancing at like a nightclub yeah. or bartending and stuff. So, mm-hmm. and then to make a quick buck, she goes back to, you yeah. know, she knows the trade. Yeah. Cause they got to go on the run. So I just, yeah, I think that it's kind of, it, it does make sense within the context of the movie rather than being something salacious or something that they're, mm-hmm. you know, that they're, that they're adding to make some sort of comment. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I, well, you know, as as far as like the practicality goes, like it makes sense that like the wealthier you are, the easier it would be for you to be like invisible because yeah. you have the capital to get people to like look the other way. Whereas, her, whereas with her in her situation in this kind of, you know, centuries old, like, poverty state that she's been in she's able to be more invisible because she doesn't have like a birth certificate or whatever like yeah she's able to she's able to really never like never have existed in the first place because she's on the fringes of society yeah absolutely in the in the in every sense of the word you know every single sense of the word yeah that makes yeah I, I just, I, you know, because I think about that sometimes with um, other books I've read or, or stories I've read with vampires. There's one, I can't remember what it's called. It's with a, it's, um, it's a man's name. I think it's over here somewhere. It's like Damon or Damien or mm-hmm. Darren or something. And he, in that story, um, it's another, it's another interesting take on vampirism because he, he was turned at like 25 and he ages to like 65. Mm-hmm. And then he like within the course of like, you know, there's like a cycle. He becomes young again. Mm. And so he sets it up so that he just keeps inheriting his own estate. Like he sh- keeps showing up as the son mm-hmm. of the previous of incarnation the pre- of himself who's yeah. died. And so it, it answered that, like, which I really, I like that. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. some, it's hard when like, you read things that's like, oh, I'm a vampire and I've got millions and millions of dollars. It's like, what? How? But how, what? How have you been able to k- engage with society? You know? Yeah. There's like one book I read where um, the 
lead character looks to be 18, but has like a 40 year old passport, you know, or has had a passport for 40 years. I'm like, yeah. that's a, that's a problem. Like somebody's going to yeah. come looking. Not in a post nine 11 world girl. Yeah, exactly. It's like, there's, there are things that people would be like, wait, what? Kind of like, like in the hunger flag. too, because like, you know, this woman is, um, you know, if Miriam in the hunger, yeah, she's thousands of years old, thousands of years old. But not only that, like, you know, she's carting around like 10 corpses of her lovers. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, true. Ten corpses of her lovers, and then like you know, ancient Greek statuary that is basically her, and it, you would have to amass some sort of fortune or mm. have some sort. You know, they yeah, it doesn't really address that. So yeah, exactly. And in that, you know, I mean, it's you know, you could easily like she could you know be selling things to museums or being an antique or you know what I mean, an antiques dealer or something like that. And, and there's ways that you know they could explain that sort of wealth when you're that old, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, but they just don't. <laughs> so I just I don't know. I, I I'm always kind of fascinated by that when that's something that I like, I mean, I don't demand it of the fiction I read because I read plenty of stuff that I still enjoy when those questions aren't answered. Yeah. But I like when they are because I just think that's really fascinating. That adds a whole other depth. Like, you know, and in, in, in this film, it's like, yeah, they, they're they 200 years old, you know, or whatever, 220 years old. And that is how they've had to get by yeah. because they cannot successfully engage in the way the world is now. You know, because they can't get jobs and they don't have birth certificate. They don't, you know, they yeah. and and they weren't rich when they were turned into vampires. So there's there's there wasn't already that sort of wealth yeah. to to build from. There isn't like a like secret cabal of people that are trying to um, that are basically like insured, making sure that she does every like <laughs> are keeping her alive and everything. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So they're just trying. Well, and the cabal that's there doesn't want her alive. They want to kill yeah. her. <laughs> oh, fun. Fun cabals getting killed and all that bullshit. <laughs> um, so to go back to talking about Saoirse Ronan's character, Eleanor, because it is her story. And again, this is this is another film that examines the loneliness of being a vampire. So mm -hmm. obviously that's one of the reasons Clara turns her. And she says in the movie, you know, when she goes to, to, to spy on her, her mm -hmm. daughter, who she's put in this orphanage and she's been, you know, giving money to or gold to, to to keep her alive where it's like the unbearable loneliness of immortality. Mm -hmm. So she converts her daughter so that she can, so they can be together and they yeah. can go through time together. Together. Um, buying time with blood is the, yeah. the character Darvell, he says, um, right. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, yes he's <laughs> yeah. He's like, we're buying time. We're buying time with blood. So, so Eleanor begs to like tell the story, and she does. She keeps like writing it down and yep. putting it out there, and like telling everybody, "I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire." <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> I'm ready. No, I'm okay. ready to tell you my story. Um, I think she does a really good job in this, like, kind of feeling like she feels like an old soul. Yeah, you know? <laughs> she definitely has that. Like, she is an old soul, but it's it's. An old soul, the way it's not an old soul like a truly a true wisdom of somebody. Mm -hmm. It's like an old soul that of like a teenager who has experienced trauma. Yeah, she's very she's weary, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think there's just a, a, a weight to the performances she gives that I I, I I really like. And and I'm watching it. I watched it again early today to prepare for this conversation. Um, I was just again like, wow, you know, I really I can believe her. Yeah, you mm -hmm. know, I can't. I get that. You know, the the sort of 
loneliness she feels and wanting to engage with the world or why are we here at all? Yeah, yeah. Like, why do we endure? Yeah, <laughs> why do we endure? <laughs> um, no, I, I totally get that. I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's also, like, one interesting thing is that, you know, when when Clara goes to confront the professor... And she's like, well, I didn't tell her about this part. And uh, yeah. you you understand that, like, Clara really likes being a vampire. Like, mm-hmm. I think she so. enjoys um, she enjoys having that power. But I think most of all, she just enjoys having that power over men. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and it totally reads and tracks with, like, the profession and the way that she makes the money and, yeah. and everything. Like, she enjoys having that power over men, especially when they think that they have all the cards. And that's I not agree. and that's not. And she didn't say those things to her daughter because she didn't want her daughter to know that kind of evil side about her. Yeah, maybe. And, and uh, no, and I, I think that's, you know, that's a, I think that is a good point. Like, you know, cause the men, they feel they mm-hmm. have like this tactile power with like mm-hmm. money and we're part of the aristocracy and all that. But she knows, she knows their weakness, you know? Yeah. And she's like, as long, you know, as long as they still want that from her, yeah. she has, there, there's a, a real power in that, yeah. you know? Um, that that she can access, and yeah. then on top of it, yeah, being like literally a vampire, <laughs> yeah, you know, she doesn't have to worry about the threats that other human women would have to worry about in in yeah. that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, just trying to look at some of my notes that I wrote down. It kind of reminds me. <laughs> this is kind of random. Did you see um, Chocolat? No. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then, because there's there's like a whole scene where they're coming because. You know when they're traveling to the uh-huh. next village, it just reminded me of that when um, Julia Binoche, Vianne, yeah, Julia Binoche goes to the. I, I was for sure I, that you had seen. <laughs> no, no. All right, well, I was wrong again. See, you're just a constant source of surprises. I know. Jen. I'm just. I'm surprising you. Um, <laughs> so never mind that. We can edit that. We can just edit that right out. <laughs> um, I did. I wrote the burden of memory, I, which I I've also thought about. You know, if you were a vampire and you'd lived that long and seen so much, yeah, and know, remembered and so remember much, remember it, yeah, like living with that. And I I like how in this movie there's a lot like living history because yeah. she, you know, they're representing history. You know, she says that like, you mm-hmm. know, I, you know, she is this living, breathing history, Eleanor. Yeah. And then I like when they come back to the town and she's like, we've been here before. And she sees herself like going to the school, you know, these echoes yeah. that are still there. I really like that device. Yeah. You know, and how she follows them to the school and she's like, yeah, we have been here before. I, I, th- I thought that was very cool. You know, some of those, living, breathing, yeah. like, memory. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense, too, because, you know, when she is writing her memoir or writing her story, she just tosses it into the wind, so that way, yeah, you know... goes to wherever. It goes to wherever, but at least she's written it down and gotten it out. And, and then when she writes that essay and... Oh, my God. Can we talk about Frank? Can we talk about um, Caleb Landry Jones? Oh, yeah, I know. We haven't even brought him up yet. Um, he, I, What did I text you? I said, like, he's oddly captivating oh, <laughs> to yeah, watch. Oh, yeah, he is. And he's, he's, he is, and everything he does is he's just oddly captivating to watch. Um, but, like, as the, like, wayfish Frank, who is just, you know, poor wayfish leukemia. Leukemia-stricken, Leukemia-stricken. Yes. Like, it's it's so interesting. Um like his whole thing and like he's just he 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 wants so badly 
she, he wants her so badly, but the, I love their first interaction. Like that's my favorite oh, yeah, part. With the piano. With the yeah. piano. And then like afterwards she's like, you know, you're never going to see me again or, you know, bye. And then like, you know, that's her person that she ends up, you know, turning into a vampire. Yeah, I I really yeah I like their story that she uh, at the end how Clara had over you know two hundred years like kept her close and wasn't allowing her mm-hmm. t- to to be you know to to be a little bit more free you mm-hmm. know because even though she's sixteen she's not she's two hundred and sixteen yeah and I I thought that was a good way to end it that she decided to to pass it on to him and to heal him too you know and and yeah. for them so they could be together. Um, mm-hmm. as too trapped at 16 forever. No. <laughs> She's also like an ethical vampire, you know, like her, yeah. you know, being the, what does uh, Darvell say? He's like, you know, you only take those who are ready. Yeah, she's like an angel of mercy. Yeah. Um, actually, I had written that, uh, written that down, angel of mercy, Eleanor. Um, I, I like that concept too. I've, I, I'm trying to think if I've seen that in other, in other stories, like, you know, where, she doesn't want to just murder people and take their blood. You know, she's, she's looking for an exchange. And I think again, because she's looking for connection, you know, she's, she wants to find, you know, some sort of real interaction with people where she can say, this is who I am. You know, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I am this creature, this sucreant. And, but I'm also, you know, the last person you're going to, communicate with yeah you know i i don't i i i i I thought there was like a really nice beauty in that (laughs) yeah for sure um again this is you know like a lot of these vampire movies we've been watching it's not really uh, even really a horror film Mm -hmm. you know it has a lot of elements of horror there's a lot of real life horror in it obviously a lot of you know the the struggles that women have had yeah for centuries the violence yeah. yeah the violence um you know, but overall, I just think it's a really kind of a sweet story in a way, you know, and yeah, and um, very, very beautifully shot again. Like I was saying earlier, it's by um, directed by Neil Jordan. It was written. It was originally a play. So it was written uh, by a woman named Wyra Buffini f- from her mm-hmm. play. I think she adapted it. Um, let me see where that was, which I think would be re- very interesting. I'd like to that see would be this, a great play. Yeah. What this would look like on stage. Um, but Neil Jordan, he did, not only did he do, um, Interview with the Vampire, he also did The Company of Wolves, which is a really weird movie from 1984. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen that. He did The Crying Game. Oh, The Crying Game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, Breakfast on Pluto. No. Oh, <laughs> all right. That's with, um, Cillian Murphy. Uh, now I might watch it. Yeah, but, but he plays sort of like a, he's a very queer character. This Neil um, Neil Jordan. He's done a lot of things that are you know have a um, have a definitely a queer element. Mm-hmm. You know, because obviously the Crying Game, um, but Breakfast on Pluto, and then Interview with the Vampire. Even though it's not explicit, there is definitely it's implied. Yeah, there's like a love between the two men. You yeah. know, that's it, it transcends the you know. Those boundaries. Um, this film, I, I don't think it has as much of the queer element, you know, outside of um, no, outside of the outsider. Yes, yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's pre- It's it's very beautiful, like yeah. these other movies. You know, again, like I'm not a huge fan of Interview with the Vampire, not because of any, uh, not because of anything about the film outside of I, I'm just not a fan of those kinds of 
like vampires, but it's beautiful. Yeah. Like this was a lot of the scenes remind me of that. A lot of, you know, time on the beach and yeah, fires yeah, yeah, yeah. and, you know, it just, it, it, it held a lot of that sort of power. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It is, a, it's very beautifully shot and it's, you know, it, it, it's also like also part travelogue cause it kind of takes you mm-hmm. there. And yeah. 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 Very, very, um, just, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I like it. Um, what else uh, stood out for you? Any um, other scenes? Any other interesting things? I like the the teacher or the um, counselor Morag. Oh yeah, the lady. <laughs> that, oh poor little Morag. Yeah, I know it's her. Yeah, her they name. they did her in. They did her in. They did her wrong. They did her dirty. But that whole scene between her when she's reading the story and then she's like telling her like, oh, in forty years I'll come by your garden and. <laughs> Like, and like, and then you'll know. Yeah, then you'll. I'm like that. It's and then so you'll crazy. beg for me to kill you because right, basically yeah. <laughs> take away your pain. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, 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 I like that too because Did, I were you memorizing it so you can tell someone that and it's like in 40 years when right. I no. Um. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe let's do it. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Let's see if I decide. Joshua, in 40 years someone. when you're pruning your roses. <laughs> um. But I like. I, I like that. And that that conceit too, where she's like sixteen, but the way she talks, you know, she's very anachronistic, you yeah, know, for her time. And I I like those scenes between between them when they talk about the way her handwriting looks and the way mm-hmm. like the composition, calling her like the you know daughter of Edgar Allan Poe and Mary Shelley. Yeah, you know, I I um I, I that's a cool way to like you know continue hinting at that she's way more than she appears. Exactly. You know? Where it's like it's planting enough doubt in their minds that, hey, this could be real. Or if anything, she believes that it's true. Yeah. You know, like that's the mm-hmm. thing is that she believes yeah, that yeah, it's true. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like that she, yeah. from their perspective, because they think she's just a very, um, she must be a traumatized child. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and so who's like really committing to this uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, gothic sort yes. of lifestyle. Um, yeah, I was just kind of uh, looking to see if there are any other notes that I made that I wanted to speak about. Um, yeah, oh, so I, I thought this was interesting because the the, the suquient kind of thing comes from Vampire Witch from Caribbean folklore. Mm-hmm. Um, the traditional... Uh, Sucreant lives as an old woman by day, but at night sloughs off her skin and turns into a fireball to hunt. Ooh. Yeah, that would have been an interesting... Uh, would have loved to see that. <laughs> if, they, if they kind of played on that. But I like the um, idea of the vampire witch. You yes. Know? <laughs> um, pulling this... Uh, you know, some, some, of, some of the mythology that they're mm. building um, within this uh, movie. So... Anyways, um, well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I do think, again, it's very beautiful, the soundtrack. Like, you know, the music they use in it. It's, you know, a cool mother-daughter story. You know, it's Yes, a, it's, it's, <laughs> it's perfect for Mother's Day. Right, yes, it's a great Mother's Day. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, in case you need a reminder that, um, you know, the time you, what is what did she say the moment you're born is also is likely the moment to be you die. the moment that you die most so many children die at their mother's hands it's great great for mother's day wow yes. where was that from that in the movie when she's talking when she's talking about like how did i miss that yeah they they say that a lot you know um 
Oh, is that right when she gives birth and they're yeah, like, when get, she gives birth, no, you have to get no rid girls of it. in the no babies in the house, love. Yeah, and she just says it's still true that you're likely to be killed when you're born. Mm-hmm. You know why? Why mothers throw their children away, basically. So, mm. you know. So and on that note, you're yeah. right. Yeah, happy Mother's Day. Yeah. My mom's visiting. I was going to say, and your mom's visiting. So, you know. <laughs> so I have to go back out and say, thanks for not uh, strangling me to death as an infant. Exactly. I thanks for not throwing I, me out. I appreciate that. So, all right, Joe. Well, this was very uh, fun to chat about, you know, cool vampires. Yay. Yay, so vampires. Now we get to move on to witches. We're going to do some cool witches. upcoming uh, witch, uh, witch movies. So, a lot of witch stuff coming up. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to be knee-deep in witches. All of them witches. So have a good night, Joe. Have a good night, Joshua. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.